Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps. And for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search. Focus that fire! And so we come together! Welcome to Focused Fire Chat! Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 9th, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week's episodes are going to be focused around exploring the lore book Duress and Egress. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the intro session of the week's exploration. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86. We don't have Baxter. I know, I know everyone was getting hopeful there with the clap. <laughs> nah, it's just me. I miss him. I thought I'd bring him into the show a little bit. With this infamous clap, although I don't think I would, I don't think that was worthy no, of that, a Baxter he would, clap. He would I think because it was, it was too, too tenor. Chat it's too was, that was a very we delayed. Have a little bit of a clap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I miss Baxter. I hope he and the wife and well, he and the partner and the baby are doing really, really well. Yes. I don't know if they're actually married. No, they're not. Ah. And. And she's back, guys. We didn't run her off. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I'm fired after this week. <laughs> Depends on how many bulls end up in I this episode. I didn't realize you were fireable. Hi, I'm orchidable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Hello. Green's about to lose her mind. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff she, I, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to curse. This is the kind of thing that... I can normally throw my headset off on, but we're recording, and it's probably going to make the podcast. Just come and join Faru, live chat. Faru if you don't understand this, just join it. This is all very gonna... pleasing to my ear. Duru, if I ever meet you, good sir, you might want to... Run. Just... <sighs> oh, man. Anyway. Great, you did this to yourself. <laughs> I know. You knew what I you know. were doing. Oh. Blue, you knew what you were doing. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm completely fine with it. Anyways, uh, so quick couple of just special announcements. Uh, we do want to hear your feedback on the Lore Network site uh, with the new layout. So, of course, if you will give that a gander, it is www.thelorenetwork.com. Um, and uh, as always, we have been doing the weekly lore roundups, which basically it will capture all the different members of the lore network, uh, whether it's podcast or YouTube, uh, kind of collects them all in one spot once a week. Um, and then also just a general reminder to leave us a review over on iTunes. If you, if you like what you're hearing, or if you don't like what you're hearing, you know, whatever, just give us some feedback. Um, iTunes is the easiest way to do that. If you're on Podbean, we also get the comments that way too. Um, and then green changed my special announcements for, I don't know. Did you want me to shout this or do you want me to, (laughs) I just, okay. So some, I know that blue actually reads the show notes. So part of me, right. Like, is like, okay, I'm going to write it in there in a way that he just can't miss it because I'm somebody who I won't know what I have in show notes, but I'll riff and I'll just make up the phrases as we go along. I don't write my script out. So I have to write things big. So if Blue was going to leave it out, I was going to shout it out. And Blue <laughs> actually did a guest spot on Guardian Downcast, an, a show, a podcast that I was on, as well as a few other prominent community members with, oh gosh, what are their names? It's not Gator, because that's... No, Gator. Is that Gator? Yeah, Gator. Um, yeah. I can't... Uh, Hazel. Gator... Hazel, yeah, Gator and one. Hazel, uh, two really good guys, really fun show, really well produced show. 
It was um, a lot of fun. I think it's one of the better, better organized shows out there for Guardians, and it's a, it's more interview esque. Think DCP, but a little, a little bit more relaxed even than DCP. I think. Anyway, I did know that, that was the extra. Announcement. I know, I know that Ooh. you and I got the same score on the speed run. Yes, they they were like, oh, well, you you might have beat you might have beat Green, and I was like, hey, look, as long as I, you know, and they're like, nope, you guys got the exact same score. I'm like, that's also acceptable. (laughs) This is it wouldn't be a competition between us, would it? No, that was just the only like they're like, did Green tell you about this? I was like, I no, did Green did not tell me about this. What what am I doing? And they're like, oh, good, jump in, Green. Green also didn't know he was doing the podcast <laughs> until it was already recorded. So Green couldn't have warned him about this. They're like, she just threw you to the wolves. I was like, well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that was. <clears throat> he threw himself to the wolves. Yeah, if, that's fair. Yes, if did. anyone wants to be honest, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but let's. Do you want to jump into? general like breakout of what we're going to do with this because this is kind of like your breakout of the episode right like these these are the ones that you kind of came up with an idea on yeah well duress and egress when i was recording it there's duress and egress is written in a way that makes sense for the release of it in game because it's released in groupings of four of each of the four planetary vendors you have um asher sloan anna Vance in that order, and one card of each. And then you have another set of four, where it's the same four. I wanted to do an episode, and actually we're going to do four episodes technically, because intro episode, advanced episodes are going to still be around the same kind of content, where we're diving into each planetary vendor themselves. So this episode, we're going to dive into Asher and kind of Io and where he's at and what's going on in the various cards because if you read them back to back it does tell a slightly different narrative because you're not getting a system-wide view you're just getting their personal view so it comes across a little differently so that is what we're going to be doing with it i thought it would be kind of nice also to read through the cards themselves because they're not terribly long and so everybody gets to do a little reading tonight and we'll talk a little science and kind of break down the words a little bit. I know. I'm so excited about this one. This one was so cool when I looked it up the other day. But, Blue, can I have us do a quick ad break and then we'll dive into Asher Observation? Sounds sounds like a plan. Myth is a podcast about the very soul of humanity. Join me each week as I explore stories from our history, from our mythologies, about what it means to be human. I'm your host, Tom, and Myth is available on every podcatcher, anywhere. And if you're familiar with any of my other work, then you might realize that Myth is like a lore cast, but for humans. Join me each week on Myth. Okay, Blue, I'm going to make you read the first one. So hopefully you're not playing the video game right now. I am not. But you're going to read the first one. This is observation. So I'm just going to move this over here real quick. I'm sorry. I have it on. Just move this where it's a little bit easier for me to read while I'm on the mic. Also so that it's not like a blinding, the blinding light that it is on the screen of white. Because guess what? Ishtar has dark mode. Yes. (laughs) So. So excited. Asher observation. Man of science though he was. The first thing Ashramir did was shoot the damn thing. The pyramid hovered out inside Io's atmosphere, close enough to be impacted by a projectile flung at sufficient speed. In the time it took Asher to blink twice, he knew the angle of attack and the mass of the projectile. Asher finished building the mounted railgun before his coffee had cooled. He charged the magnetic coils, waited for the wind to die down, and broadsided the ship. He had expected the projectile to hit a kinetic barrier, or best-case scenario, impact the pyramid and cause utterly infinitesimal damage. Instead, at the moment of impact, the projectile stopped existing. Asher's brow furrowed with an irrepressible smile while an irrepressible smile crept over his face. His metal arm clicked and hummed gently of its own accord. This pyramid had the audacity to park in front of his laboratory and pull such a cheap trick. Clearly, it had not thought it would meet Asher Mir. He assembled another missile, one with a detectable radiation signature and a radio signal. He fired it at the pyramid. 
It similarly disappeared on impact, its signal snuffed out, no longer detectable from Io's surface. Another payload followed, this one a miniature relay station. He routed it through his console and fired. At the moment it touched the pyramid, it transmitted a spike of radiation and radio broadcast. Asher smirked. They were still there, held in the field of the pyramid. Visually undetectable, signals squelched, but physically, there. How the pyramid was accomplishing this feat was unimportant at the moment, though his mind flooded with fantasies of zero-point energy. The question that gave him pause was the what. What was the ship doing to the projectiles as they sat suspended in space in the periphery of its loathsome shape? And why? It had the audacity to do... (laughs) I just love how the reaction... The physical reaction he has to it surprising him. Because it's just that it's the same reaction I imagine that Blue gets when he's reading a book and they make a choice that's not exactly what he was predicting they oh, would yeah. make. It is. It's 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 the whole thing and like and I think anybody can recognize this. Like anybody can simp- like uh, sympathize with this because it's the whole thing of like I'm expecting, you know, the whole a b c d and then something happens but it's not like the thing i like about asher it's it's the the unknown is not a threat necessarily it's a challenge for him and it's it's a challenge because he has to he has to he has the confidence that it is going to be explainable so he Mm -hmm. just needs to find what the missing link is to explain that I think that's I think that's really cool. I, that's what I really like about Asher's character is like he he boils everything down into that scientific method of like no, it's explainable. We just have to figure out the it's it's like a good version of Toland basically. Yeah. You know what's like the most amazing aspect of Asher being able to figure out exactly like the angle of attack and the velocity and everything to figure out why and where in the atmosphere he's going to be able to hit this at. The reason why that is so stinking cool is a real-life science thing that I found on Io. Io has volcanic activity all the way up by Jupiter. Active volcanoes that will spew out plumes of gas at 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. When Io is on the sun side of Jupiter, it has an atmosphere because of all the gases being warm enough to create one. But when Io goes on the opposite side, and is on the dark side of Jupiter, those gases condense and freeze, so it has no atmosphere. So it's actually a bungeeing atmosphere where it's flexible, it moves in and out depending on the temperature of the planet. Which makes that that shot even more impossible, and Asher even more impressive. Yeah, because that... Science.com. Yeah, that's really cool. I bet he loves that. Because it does, it calls out that he he waited until the wind died down, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm you just, just read. Yeah, I'm just I just read it and I'm already forgetting about it. Yeah, waited for the wind to die down and broadsided the ship. That's yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But he had to know. Oh well, I mean, I'm sure he's had plenty of time to make diagnostic tests on the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But well, and, and kind of talking about that, that kind of jumps into like the concept of what a railgun is, you know, like so it, it mentions the the electric circuits that he built. He built this railgun f- almost. It sounds like from scratch. <laughs> he built it before his coffee had cooled. So I, I love that like little nod to this is how quick he does things. Um, and I know you you have here like you know how railguns work. It's basically a large electric circuit that you have like a power source a pair of parallel like literally rails and then a moving armature that like launches things um did you did you want to talk about that a little bit more or was that just i mean that was just basically like what a railgun is for anybody who's never really been curious about it because i mean railguns have existed in halo and a lot of other video games have had them but they are real life things Mm mm-hmm there are tests out there where they are shooting these. It's not necessarily plasma, is it? Like oh no, they're... you can make them. I've made yeah, a railgun yeah. before. I mean, geez, they made oh, them. God. They made them. Orchid. Yeah, they made them back in World War. What was it? World War One. That was the yeah. rail car. I, the I, rail. I, I want to hear you talk about this. Yeah, you made I've a made railgun. I made a railgun. Yeah, it's super easy. 
So you just need a battery, like a car battery, uh-huh. and you need uh-huh. like two metal rails that conduct the battery's electricity, and then you need uh-huh. something to fire through the rails, and you need to make sure the thing that you're firing can be rushed through the rails, so, you know, so something is sharp. the rail... The rail is literally You the... magnetize the rail with the oh. battery, and then it shoots it through the rail. And you can punch through really... Th- you can you can shoot something very far with it. <laughs> we we punch through a it's car like one with of those one. bullet trains. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But in miniature form. Yes. Well, but I mean, yeah, it is because, gotcha. and that was one of the earlier versions of the rail gun was the railway gun. Um, mm-hmm. They actually ball put, bearings are really good. Yeah. Oh, uh, ball bearings are terrifying. We use nails. Why? Why? Okay, you were already scary in the fact that you knew how to make a railgun slash have made one in the past, but now the fact that you're using shrapnel at it. Yeah, that's... (laughs) I love her. Yeah. 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 I really wish you had face cam so they could see this, (laughs) because... Here, hold on. Yeah. The, the railway gun was like one of the very first ones that they built and it was an actual train car because what it was it was it was a gun that was literally such it was such a large piece of artillery that they had to have it for the recoil and it would like uh-huh. i mean it would, it would when they fired it it would send the car back i think like two <laughs> or three miles it was ridiculous so i <laughs> chat says yeah what's the big deal we use nails yeah yeah What's the big deal? I use nails. nails, said the crazy lady. What's the big deal? I use nails. It's fine. (laughs) I don't know what would be worse, nails or ball bearings. Mm. They're both not good. Ball bearings will get faster. Like, you'll get more speed out of a ball bearing. Ball bearings will punch a hole, too. Uh, You get enough speed. You get enough speed, a nail will punch a hole, too. (laughs) I mean, they're they're, they're both going to punch a hole in it. Like. Can we talk about zero point energy and how you would stop <laughs> said oh, yeah. nail coming at face? Yeah, let's do that. So zero point energy is also a th- an actual thing. This is where Asher's talking about the projectile stopped existing. It's still there within the like outer outside little field, but the zero point energy is vibrational energy that molecules retain even at the absolute zero of temperature. So it's that everything just that is slow mo down to nothing or stasis. I don't know how to follow that up I'm, without I'm just not, saying, yeah. "Hey guys, we're getting our powers from the pyramid." Because it's yeah, it's literally in stasis. Hey Orchid, would you like to read Asher prediction? I would love to. Let's do that. Mm. Observation. Yeah, do that. Asher Mir cursed his way across Io. As he picked his way across the rocky outcrops. He cursed the loose soil underfoot, cursed his oversized pack, cursed the roving taken, cursed the kick of a silicon aroma rifle against his shoulder. He looked up at the pyramid funneling its four energies, its foul energies down the cradle and sneered. Well read as he was, he didn't have the energy to arrange the required words. It was late during what passed for night on Io, and while Asher was tired, he hiked on diligently he stopped only once briefly to study a snail whose shell was growing tiny clusters of crystalline black obelisks he crept down through the cavernous spaces beneath the cradle unfamiliar roots protruded from the earthen walls he calmly observed the pattern of a twitching shrieker and his calculated ricochet sent a band of taken roaring down the wrong pathway he passed unmolested Eris was in her meager camp near the twisted roots of the enormous tree. She knelt near a beam of light coming from far above, which filtered through the pith of the tree to strike an unnatural splash of cambium petals. Asher noticed the smell of sap and burned cooking oil. She said she would please, she said she was pleased to see him. Though when she sought to clarify the cadence of his supply drops, he felt she might be put off by the unexpected visit. As he unpacked what he had brought her, she explained the tree, the messages, the whispers, the thrilling struggle to glimpse the face of the unknown, even if that unknown may be trying to kill you. She was smiling as she spoke. Asher understood exactly what she meant. He rested by the fire. Nearby was a small table that held samples of hive chitin, clippings from the tree, 
ashy soil, and an open notebook that Asher saw was a personal journal, which he quickly flipped shut with distaste. He reached again into its pack. He brought forth a bottle of fine golden spirits, from when some towering ignoramus misunderstood his request for isopropyl alcohol, and placed it on the table. He had brought two clean glasses nestled ridiculously in the boxy shipping case of a large graduated cylinder. He removed one and placed it gently next to the bottle. Asher coughed, relaced his boots, his boots, then stood and shouldered his pack. You have things taken care of, yes? He said to Eris. Certainly, she said, intent on the beam of swirling light. He shifted and made a little noise in his throat. I need to know that things will be taken care of, he said clearly. Eris looked over and considered the man standing across from her. To the best of my ability, she finally said. Asher nodded and began his long walk back. Anybody else get the vibes that Asher is Sheldon Cooper and Eris is Amy Farrah Fowler from the Big Bang Theory with the way that they interact? Totally. Gosh. <sighs> so this is also the most tragic almost date ever. I Asher bringing out the spirits. I'm more of a Eris Zavala shipper. Yeah, like... But, like, Asher, sim, like, you don't quite understand why he's offering the spirits and the fact that he has multiple glasses with him. I don't know. They've been pen pals for a while. We know that. I just assumed it was because they, um, they're, like, kind of, quote unquote, just, you know, working together on the same moon. Mm -hmm. So they're just trying to be nice to each other. They're also, I mean, they're also pretty much, like, cousins. Yeah. Yeah. It does call out that Asher's weapon is silicone aroma, which makes sense because the silicone aroma entry is all about the moment when Asher loses his arm. And the two fire guys. And his fire team, too. Yeah. That's also a really, really good sniper rifle. It's not bad. It's what got me Revoker. I was more of a pumpkin spice girl during that and used Beloved. Oh. Well... Let's see who the basic B is now. <laughs> 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 you. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else really going on in this one? When you, so what are you, Talks- what are your thoughts about what he's asking about? Like when he, when he goes back, when he repeatedly asks if it's going to be taken care of, do you have any thoughts like what he, what he's requesting? I think it's actually left open for interpretation quite a ways that the writers could take it a lot of different directions eventually mm-hmm. because in a lot of ways it could uh, it could be seen that Asher has told Eris what Asher's plan is mm-hmm. to go into the Pyramidian which is what we'll see in the next card and that any of Asher's last wishes would be taken care of that's what yeah that's what chat's talking about too because the thing is, mm-hmm. is remember with Asher is Asher's terrified that he won't be able to be resurrected because of his he's affliction. Also, he has not died since his also, ghost was changed. Right. He's also afraid of what he'll become Correct. if he stays alive too long, right. too, because right. it's continually changing. And he knows that. So, so. I mean, yeah. And, and we know that because he has, he's mentioned it to Ikora. So in, in my thought process is if he's mentioned it to Ikora, I'm almost certain that he's probably told Eris because he and Eris are closer than he and Ikora. Not to mention mm-hmm. the three of them we know are the three of them are kind of pin pals between the three of them because we kind of had the uh, the letter that was going around between the three yes. of them last last, well, uh, last episode. Yes. Eris is definitely the more attentive within that, that right, right. pin pal relationship because Eris calls out the fact that Icora, not that you would leave the tower type thing and <laughs> thank Asher you for not coming by the work. way <laughs> i love that like <laughs> you didn't come i'll overlook that this time <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we do get a little bit more of a picture of the tree's root system the fact that asher is moving closer and closer to the cradle and the tree's roots are actually making it out spreading out pretty fr- far from the tree i would imagine mm-hmm. with the way it's described because it happens fairly early in the card unfamiliar roots protruded from earthen walls mm-hmm. and you know. have the second one you have here that um there's an unnatural splash of cambium petals 
mm-hmm. and like the the tree searcher in me like went Ugh, why that's not how trees work <laughs> okay so the the cambium um it's the main growth tissue um okay. of this it's of the stems and roots so it's kind of the the outsidey bits um okay. of especially in like things like kind of oak trees and pine trees okay in like more vascular plants and it makes more it um it kind of produces like you know there's xylem and phloem in trees so it kind of it produces the xylem like towards the um which goes towards the pith does that make sense okay. i don't know if you if you don't i'm trying to describe trees when i don't have pictures to show people of trees right. but there's trees don't really do petals <laughs> so except this tree does but it's made of feathers so yeah it's not yeah i mean tree is tree isn't a a word that we're using to describe something that is very not a tree it's not i mean it is in a lot of ways kind of a tree i mean it is a tree it makes me think of the trees from um structure uh xenophobia the book Mm, yes i haven't read it I mean, you're not missing much green. It's by a terrible person who just happens to be a decent writer. Oh, um, is it or, the Orson Scott yeah, card it's Orson book? Scott card. Uh, but mm. he's a trash person. But anyways, uh, in xenophobia, like he, he one of the um, cultures that they run into from aliens is they when they die, they actually plant a tree inside their their body and they just basically let the body sit there. And then they right. bas- they basically transcend into a, a, a pretty much sentient tree. Like it, it's a it's a really cool thing. But that's what like every time we talk about the this time, like it's a tree, but it's not a tree. That's that's the image that keeps popping in my head. How funny! You know, there's actual there's a company that makes yes seed pods yep. from your yep urn ashes if you're cremated. That's that's um... kind. Of- it's not Creepy, just yeah, that's, that's not the only thing though there's there's another one there's another there's a couple companies that do that um like you have like uh it's uh, gosh i'll have to look them up it, yeah because when i was studying thanatology that was one of the things that they were starting to like really get like it was really starting to kind of take off there mm-hmm. i guess i mean it kind of makes sense in the fact that you want your mm-hmm. your body to be used as nutrients for the next living thing that- right or like to contribute to yeah there's there's other concerns that have to be taken into account with it especially in today's world but yeah there's yeah Mm -hmm. interesting Hmm. is there anything else from prediction we want to talk about i like the fact that he notices the smell of sap and burned cooking oil the fact that eris has been trying to make fried rice It, Everybody wants to know if she actually liked the pineapple. It's actually, I think this is because she talked about in um, she lit in her that walk book, on fire. She had just she had just seasoned her walk. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When he ah, visited her, because it was mentioned fire. in that book, so that was she had just seasoned it. So that's why he could smell the burned cooking oil. I just love. She wasn't quite there. I just yeah. love the the. She didn't oh, have the pineapple. My walk is on fire. <laughs> throwaway line in that yeah mm-hmm. oh gosh there's also you know I, that's the, oh, go num- for it, sorry. i was just gonna say you know that's the number one question i've gotten on twitter right now is does airs actually like pineapple because the writers never finished they that never story finished it. um nope. the small notebook that he closes i have a i have a very strong hunch that that's singular exeget of course it yeah, is. Yeah, probably. Or notes, or notes that form yeah. into singular exegete. Yeah, of course it because is. Because the chitin that, well, because singular exegete is scarled on chitin, on rocks, mm-hmm. and the cord, the corded guts of a hive, because, you know, Eris is all about, all about zero waste. Um, <laughs> still, I still don't understand how that all goes together into a single book, but... But um, it's the bookmark, what... Jay. It's the bookmark. Oh, oh okay. That's <laughs> anyways. She's, I'm actually thinking she's got this like kitty book. You know how the kid books, the toddler books that are thick and have like little padding. But she's got a version now, of that. Now all I have is the despicable me of like this is terrible. You like this <laughs> little kitten? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's. I can now. see it be singular exigent. That's headcanon. Eris likes Eris likes pop up books. Yes. 
Absolutely. Oh, now that's interesting. I did not even think about that. Dancing in chat says, I wonder if it's the Vex in him that was disgusted and didn't want to, it didn't want to touch anything hive related. Like it's the, the Vex, uh, radio area. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, that's, that's another way to read that actually. It is. It is. I, I don't know if I would attribute that mm-hmm. necessarily to the Vex, because would the Vex be controlling his mental capacity at this point? I mean, the only thing that I know of that had they have been affecting him in the Arecibo quest, because he never picks up on the frequencies. Yeah, there there are signs that he, that there are afflictions of some kind. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Perhaps. Because that's what Veru say, because he's not sure Asher would be disgusted to closely observe alien stuff. If anything, yeah. I don't. But then, but then the counterpoint is, yep, yeah, and Rose is saying this now, or he didn't want to accidentally see someone's personal emotions. Like, ew, yeah. emotions. No, that's not. He's, no. Yeah, he's very disgusted by anything not science. Or you could say that he is a hyper, hyper, hyper clean guy who may have a thing about touching gross things. Like emotions. Like, there's, like emotions. Yes. <laughs> Ew, there are Love Hello Kitty squishy. stickers on it. <laughs> <laughs> All the Hello Kitties have three eyeballs. I know, that's, oh. that's what I was going to say. It just reminds me of Orchid's little e- e- uh, emoji character. The uh-huh. chibi that Orchid the has with the emoji <laughs> in yeah, here splitter cells. In Skype. Oh, gosh. <laughs> the, uh, what is it, Sam something? Sam Fisher. From Splinter Cell? Yeah, Sam Fisher. Pink Jade Rabbit stickers. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> that one, yeah. We need a high Hello oh Kitty now. <laughs> All right. Last card. You ready? Asher Conclusion. As Asher Mir watched his assistant's ship tear into orbit for the last time, it occurred to him that he had not expressed how truly satisfactory he had found some of their work. He briefly entertained the thought of leaving a letter, but there were others more deserving of his thoughts, and if he worked in descending priority, he might never make it to his assistant, which would defeat the purpose of the exercise completely. Instead, he went to the Pyramidian. The Vex are not born, yet not created. Desire to understand this conundrum brought Asher to Io. He reasoned that the Pyramid with its alien resources and unknowable power, had likely come for the same purpose. The dark ship sought to take the secrets of the Vex for itself, but Asher Mir had already staked his claim, and he was prepared to defend it. He soon stood at the gate of the Pyramidian. The Vex security responded as he knew they would, and he was prepared. He piled their broken corpses on the plates and continued inside. He destroyed the first hundred Vex. Then the second. A minotaur roared into being before him, and he crushed its radiolorian core in his metal fist. He climbed forward over their clawing limbs. He slipped in the cooling rue of their dead fluid. Asher swallowed a mouthful of blood and kept moving. He paused by a whirling gate and watched the apriotic waves, then stepped through all the- through at the only possible moment. He walked steadily through laser grids that seemed to bend around him. He hung calmly in a gravitational turbulent as the ground beneath him flickered and shifted madly, and the Vex began to observe. The corridors of the Pyramidian were lined with glowing red eyes. The metal mannequin stood dumbly, twitching, shuddering as Asher passed. A familiar area unfolded before him, a cubus sinkhole reeking with the flat base stench of stale mud and bleach or slate mud and bleach. He looked where the sky should be and found another impossible shape, another fractal contradiction. Far above him, placid in its penrose vortex, the vast radiolorian lake lapped gently at the metallic shores. The man reached up to the lake with his metal arm. He then reached with his arm as flesh. He reached with both and brought the lake down. I love these so much i love this card it's my favorite oh my gosh blue okay um i love the imagery of asher basically 
going through and fighting through his entire fear, kind of confronting it a little bit Green Mile-esque style. Like the imagery here is very similar, even to the point where he's reaching up to bring the bring it down. It just re- reminds you of that moment where he finally gets out and the rain is falling down on the guy in the Green Mile. Anyway, what do you guys think of the, about this card? Do you want to take an ad break before we dive into the analysis? Or do you want to yeah, let's, just real yeah, quick, we can do that. just to take a break? My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. Blue, why don't you take the lead on this one? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so like the big thing for me is like what you were saying with like the culmination of Asher. Like this is when Asher, and I, and I think that's the reason why actually I really like Duress and Eros is because it takes each of these characters that we've, we've kind of gotten used to just kind of being there in the background and we've, we've forgotten that they are in their own way, very powerful characters. Like, you know, Sloan's thing which we'll be talking about next is is also another one of these like oh wow like she, you know her thing and then Anna's and then Vance out of nowhere his transformation into something that is actually respectable as I, I loved it um, Astros is no no other you know it's just the same way like the the conversational way that he just walks through the pyramidian like he's just taking a stroll basically like i mean it's not it's not that because he i mean it's, he's he's no, he's struggling i'm seeing like matrix style right but like, i mean he knows how this is gonna go right it's but that's the thing like is john like, wick almost too it's like it's yeah. like a choreo- it's a choreographed dance the way he gets through it like he knows or it's someone who's run it a hundred times he knows where all the anime he knows where all the enemies are he knows every single movement that he needs to do because he just it's he's like studied he's in it. tune with it in a certain he's studied way that it for so yeah. long that he knows the he knows the probability he breathes what, it mm-hmm. in a way that that i don't think anyone else understands or can even comprehend quick correction it's the shawshank redemption not the green mile that oh, imagery okay. that i was the, thinking the, of. the last scene where he's <laughs> yeah yeah when he's he's breaking out of it um Something I noticed within the card, especially during this reading, was the fact that the Vex are, yes, reacting as far as, like, the security system of the Vex. But the Vex then stop reacting so much as just, like, intruder and start observing because Asher's doing such a crazy job of killing all of them off by himself. Normal Strike has approximately 200 enemies in it maximum he's he kills 200 pretty early on Mm -hmm. so he's going through and dealing with a lot more than we do when we're going through a strike yeah and the vex take note oh yeah they watch him they observe yeah like mm -hmm. throwing everything at him that they have i just like the fact also that he finally finds his lake and then he brings it down like literally and figuratively he brings the lake down. Well, here's a question. I does any has anybody looked up in that final room? Have we ha, like I don't think I've ever looked up in the Brachion room. Mm-hmm. Besides like, like before the, you go in the Brachion room? The one where the 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 uh the the hole. Do you think it's a metaphor? Uh Yeah. It's not because it talks metaphor. about the hole here. <laughs> it talks about the hole here, but he also talks about the lake. As if they're both there, which we always had that idea of it's uh, a shifting. I don't, I mean, like, I, I I don't think there's anything above it that I can remember. I mean, I, I've honestly, at this point, I don't even, I've, I've run it so many times, I don't even look, I you know, except for, I just have the path that I go, that I do. 
I mean, um, when I run stuff, I look around whenever I play on PC because it's so pretty, but it's just a star field. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I was about to say, from what I remember, there's not really anything above it. No, it's it's, but it's a really pretty star field. It, it looks like a star field because it's tiny moving pieces and like right. little blinky but lights. Do you remember mm. the commercial that they put out for that season that had the Vex birth? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Shown with the lake itself, like that's the lake I think he's talking about, and. With that imagery in there matches up with the look of the strike, the Brachion strike, because if you kind of like step to the side before you jump through portals, you can see down further mm-hmm. into the Pyramidian. It's this open, open grid that you can see continually down. And the I always got the impression through the ad itself that it is very similar in construction. That is just beyond where we're at with Brachion. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I know with, like, the whole thing of the Penrose Vortex, I'm assuming that's in reference to the Penrose interpretation because that's uh, talking about the relationship between quantum mechanics and general relativity. Uh, And that's kind of Asher's, like, he loves science stuff like that. Um, But, Mm -hmm. like, basically it's, it's talking about, like, how a quantum state will remain in super it remains in what's referred to as superposition uh until the difference attains a significant level between the two um so like but the thing is is with that like that's that space-time curvature you know with him interacting with it it'd be interesting if he is the thing that is the catalyst that brings it down like he's literally the catalyst that connects it and brings that difference into a significant level um i'm not i'm not 100 percent familiar with like that aspect of stuff so i don't know if that's even possible um or if that makes sense within that that concept but like you know it's talking about like gravitational levels and quantum gravity and stuff like that where if you have a lake that's literally like the sense that i it's always like the sense that i get from the scene is like um oh god it was a movie it was a long time ago for me it was a long time ago um it's a it's a movie about two characters who the worlds are upside down to each other and like you you are gravitally aligned with the world that it was like a it was a really weird like romance movie um but like you're if you're from planet a your gravitational it's gotta be lifetime huh it's gotta be lifetime no actually it was it was a really good one actually uh but like the gravity like you're aligned gravitationally to the planet that you're born on and so like these two people basically meet from different planets and like they basically try to like cross over and when you're on the other planet you're basically being still drawn to the planet that you're from so you're actually like your gravity is opposite to what it should be on the planet and that's kind of what i'm getting like the sense of is like that I, I think xbox just came out with a new uh ad with like labyrinth where it's the guy walks up and he's on top of this tower and he looks up and there's a girl standing on him that's on top of a spiral tower and she's mm-hmm. like same type of concept that's what i'm getting is like it's it's a point of perspective that he is on the ceiling when in regards to the lake but the lake is actually on the ceiling in regards to him and so when he actually contact when he when he connects with the lake it forces his gravitational input onto it and that's what he's literally he's literally forcing his reality onto that that thing and it's redirecting the gravity to it and it's pulling it into you know it's pulling it down literally because he is he is acting upon it um is kind of how i got that that or that's what it's making sense in my i'm gonna have to look up this movie because it's bugging me now it is not a metaphor oh my god so it's still it fits upside down that's what it was 2012 not to be not to be confused with inside out no which was also a great movie yeah any final thoughts on this guy um on these cards, like the com- combination of them together, because they're seeing, we're seeing Asher get to the end of his, not necessarily story. Like theoretically, he could die from the lake coming down on him and being in the Pyramidian. He could be consumed and become the next boss when it comes to the Vex. What? Caber? Because the lake of. What's that? What? Caber? What? Kabir? 
Yeah. Or whatever. Kyber, Kaber, Kabir, however you want to call it. Kabir. Kabir! The drinker of milk stout. He just wanted to I... make some cereal. No, he wanted his milk stout. Nitro. Left hand. Come on. There are way better milk stouts than left hand. Mm, but are there? <laughs> I live next to left hand. Yes. Yeah, there, there are there, plenty there's of other a there's, Yeah, there's, there's a couple of good ones. Breckenridge makes a really good one. Yep. Yep. Buffalo Hold Sweat. My Buffalo, Buffalo Sweat is a good one, it. too. Hold my Kabir. <laughs> I love it. What do you think about his story? Like, this arc, though, where he goes from shooting at the pyramid ships to basically possibly saying goodbye to Eris and getting his affairs in order to finally confronting the pyramid itself and putting him into a position that if he can't be resurrected, he might not come back out. Yeah, I mean... Oh, go for it. Go for it. Oh, no, I was going to say it's very him. It's a very it's a very heroic arc is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much sets up the beginning of the story and gets to the peak of, oh, my gosh, I'm pulling this thing down on my face. And, like, <laughs> not to make it sound weird. But, I mean, I, I like... like- <laughs> I like the fact that he's basically like, well, if I can't understand the Vex, neither can you, because I'm going to basically, he's basically denying the pyramids, the secrets, because he says yes. the dark ship sought to take the secrets of the Vex itself. And he, he goes, but Asher Mir had already staked his claim and he was prepared to defend. I mean, it basically gets the sense of like, well, if I don't get it, no one gets it because I'm going to bring this whole house down. Right. But do you think he's actually... It's not like he would have done any damage to it, you think. But he's changing like, it. He's, yeah, I think that's what he's... He's trying to... to He's trying... I get the sense that he's trying to disrupt the balance within it to a point that either the Vex have to get involved, like, more so, or they retreat and, like, deny... He's basically trying to deny or to um, hinder the progress of the, the ship's understanding the Vex. Like, he's trying to well, I think- change stuff. Yeah, Orchid, go for um, it. Do you think he's just trying to, like, since the Vex is really the milk and not the robots, do you think he's just trying right. to add himself to the Vex enough to disrupt the Vex that are inside of it? So he's making himself, he he's milking himself into the milk of the Vex. Oh my god. Yeah, that's god. what Black Flag, Black Flag <laughs> kind of mentioned that in chat. He is he's becoming like, milk. He's becoming a Vex mind. He's, be- he's not becoming the he's just becoming milk. He's holding his Kabir. He's becoming so the Kabir. He's becoming the Soylent, beer of the Kabir. Soylent Green. Yeah, he Soylent Green is is yeah Ashermere. <laughs> Soylent Vex is Soylent Ashermere. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. Soylent um, Vex is Asher. He becomes a drinkable. <laughs> he becomes oh, a drinkable. <laughs> you yeah, okay? So. And on that note, good night. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so fine. Real quick. Bye, one more before we get to that point. The the Vex denying the pyramid access to the Vex. Do you think the pyramid is just has been trying to communicate with the Vex, but the Vex haven't let it? We kind of know that the Vex are not included on that list due to the last interference mission. Because mm-hmm. they were not one of the races represented at the end of the mission. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they were, they were, Asher they've never succeeded? been represented, right? Because no, there's, there's never been any conclusive evidence that the darkness was, was, or was not talking to them. Right. But I mean, cause that was the second time we've been in that room, isn't it? The one that had all the statues. Mm-hmm. Then we're, mm-hmm. weren't we in the, haven't we been in that room? Mm-hmm. That was the first or was that, time that's new. Im- okay. That's new imagery. Yeah. Pretty sure that's new imagery. Maybe I'm thinking of someone who broke into it. Um, cause I know I've seen it. I've seen that room before i i bet somebody data mined it. yeah because i don't think i've seen it until until then yay internet giving me stuff um because <laughs> yeah i remember like that was one of the big things with it was the vex are not part of any of the statues you have human right you have humans black flag is mentioning though that the soul divis- divisive has worshipped the darkness because the soul divisive worshipped the black heart but 
was the black heart the darkness though Mm -hmm. that's the that's the question yeah okay dino thank Mm -hmm. you yeah okay that's what i'm thinking of the guy he got banned for yeah interesting awesome we should wrap up though do you have any shout outs orchid no blue (laughs) i i just i i don't i don't know how to follow up blue Um, yeah, just, uh, again, just a general call out for, uh, giving us, uh, some feedback on the lore network.com, letting us know if there's anything that we can make that site a little bit more user accessible, more user friendly. Um, and then also just a reminder to leave us some reviews over on iTunes, whether for us or for the destiny lore audio file series. Cool. And my shout out goes to actually orchid and Elemist from guardians of lore for working with blue and i behind the scenes for some special things coming up soon that's me uh yeah and shout out to you and e what yeah yeah guys that's me if you guys haven't checked out their podcast guardians of lore where they do the book club well we're doing what we're doing right now but over there yeah but over there with no no or just also less homework We're the book club that doesn't do their homework beforehand. But you have those some great conversations about it still. We talked about have to always... hive stuff and how pineapples uh-huh. are bushes. This is true. That's about what we did last week. That's important. Yep. Pineapples are bushes, guys. They're not trees. <laughs> Coming from the the, the tree, tree person. They're the tree bushes. person. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, I want to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.